History may remember Georgia Simmerling for her athletic greatness as the first Canadian to compete in three different sports in three different Olympic Games. If the Tokyo 2020 Olympics happen this summer in 2021, it will be her fourth. But Georgia's success goes well beyond podium finishes as a member of Canada's alpine, ski cross, and track cycling teams. Even her bronze medal finish in the 2016 Summer Olympics in Rio is just the tip of this virtuoso athlete who is truly much greater than the sum of her accomplishments. Time and again, Georgia's grace and many successes demonstrate the power of what can happen if we believe in ourselves enough to overcome adversity. Georgia's determination, her values of sportsmanship, and her sheer grace of character testify to the potential that lives within each of us when we embrace life and the caring community of people that share this good earth. This is her story. Welcome to Sippin' On Stories, where we take you into the lives of diverse and unique change makers who turn anxiety, fear, and passion into powerful recipes for success. Good stories build insightful connections, but great stories. Now, that's something special. Today's story is one of those stories. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Rose McInerney, and we are sipping on stories. Today, we're sipping on a really good one. We're sipping on Georgia Simmerling's story. There are so many ways to see Georgia's success as a phenomenal athlete. Her athletic prowess as an Olympian, as a competitor in three different sports, and her ability to overcome life-threatening injuries are just a few of the things that make Georgia so special. As a skier, Georgia has broken her back and her neck, and she suffered so many injuries, I joke that she's literally a bionic woman. But when you meet Georgia today and you hear about her latest quest, her next quest, in fact, to compete in the Tokyo Olympics this summer, you're going to be drawn to far more than her courage and the fortitude that she has. Georgia is one of the kindest, most gracious people I've ever met. I know my life is much richer, and I've learned never to say never because of Georgia. I think you'll feel the same thing. As well, you're going to know that nothing is impossible after you meet with Georgia and you hear what she has to say today. So let's jump into that interview, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating to encourage others to come and listen to our Sipping on Stories as well. Visit our website where you can learn more about Georgia and see some of the related links to her story. And of course, as always, a quick thanks to Womanscape.com for supporting us. And you might want to download their latest digital WS magazine and meet other transformative people like Georgia. All right, away we go. I'm sitting here with none other than Georgia Simmerling. Welcome to the show, Georgia. Thank you, Rose. You're putting me on the spot. I have, there's high expectations now. No, it's nothing like the stress that you deal with in the sports that you've competed in. This is just going to be shooting the breeze and a little bit of warm up, but really just an exercise to share your story with people. 
We've known each other for a few years now, I think, right? We have. Yeah, we have. I would say maybe six or so or four. Or, yeah, four to six. It's been, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a little while. So I feel like this is super comfortable. And I sent you some notes ahead of time, and I'm going to be super transparent. You are nothing short of a bionic woman for so many reasons. So I'm going to start with the present, but the reason I use the word bionic, it's not just because because you've got, and I don't know if you you know what the count is, how many screws are in your body and holding you together? I think it's 34. OMG. Okay, man. So it's not just that. It's your athleticism as well as the mental fortitude that you have that maybe over this last past year in 2020, we've all learned what that means to stay mentally strong and motivated and inspired, but you take it to a whole new level. So Georgia, can you share a little bit about where you're headed? What's happening, you know, in the near future for you? Yeah, things are uh, very exciting in my world. Um, you know, the last year has been, uh, a, you know, a, a challenge to say the least um, for for many of us as as we all can attest to, I'd say, but um, things are very exciting, I'd say, right now because we are officially starting our Olympic build for the Olympics. So my team is meeting in Hawaii um, in uh, a couple days for a month and a half of training on the roads outside um, in beautiful Hawaii. We cannot wait to get there. Um, our coach is flying from New Zealand. Um, we'll be together as a team and um, it's, I think it's really going to feel like the start of a real Olympic build as a team. Awesome. And we should explain, we're going to go through a little bit of your career path, but you are a three-sport Olympian, the only one in Canada to compete in three different sports in three different Olympics. And this is Olympic number four, right? Number four, yes. Um, I had a little, little, a little spill, um, on my, in my last sport, um, of ski cross before the Pyeongchang Olympics. Um, I pretty much had my ticket booked, uh, and that didn't go as planned. And then I got on my bicycle, um, and, uh, and focused on team pursuit, uh, in track cycling, um, for the Tokyo, Tokyo, uh, 2021 Olympics. And, um, it's an exciting ride. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, Looking forward to this last chapter of my career for sure. Wow, so exciting. So I gave that quick little intro and I've got a longer one that starts at the beginning of this podcast, but essentially you started in Alpine and we'll go backwards to that and then to ski cross. And now you are in track cycling. It's a team pursuit that you're in. Can you share with people what that is for, you know, newbies like me that don't really understand? How does that work? You know, what do you do? Of course. Um, so track cycling is, is one of the original, um, you know, sports that was in the Olympics back in, you know, way, way back when. Um, uh, cycling is derived from from France, actually, and, and all the terminology is from, uh, from French. Um, uh, so team pursuit. So there's four of us. Um, we're racing on uh, what we see on the streets of downtown Toronto and Vancouver on um, like the original fixie bike. So and like bike messengers uh, ripping around the city. So those bicycles that you see um, have no gears. First of all, it's one gear. Um, they have no uh, nothing to change the gears. It's just one gear. Um, and they actually have no brakes as well. So in order to brake, um, those people, are, I, I actually can't, I, I don't know how they do it. Um, 
but they slowly apply back pressure to the pedals as you're rotating forward. And that's exactly how we brake as well. So we have no brakes on our bikes. There's one gear and uh, the cranks are consistently moving and you cannot coast. So there's no coasting allowed at all on the bicycle. And if you, if you think you're going to coast, you'll be flying off your handlebars going, you know, upwards of 65 kilometers on the track, kissing um, a pretty hard surface. So it's a, there's definitely an adrenaline part of the sport and uh, adrenaline aspect to the sport. Sorry. And I think that is what one of the aspects that lured me to track cycling. Um, I mean, there's many reasons, but uh, so we're racing as a team. We race for four kilometers on, on the track. Um, You can actually finish with three riders. So it's the third rider's rear wheel that stops the time. So it's obviously takes in strategy um, to uh, per, uh, get the most out of one rider early on in the race to make the team kind of go fast. And then they, they um, pull out of the race and uh, the three carry on. And yeah, it's an exciting sport for sure. So what's, what's a good time for, is it, did you say kilometers or miles? Kilometers. Okay. And what would the team finish that in? We have ridden um, in uh, four minutes and 12 seconds. Uh, we've done that race, and so and we're shooting uh, for the Olympics to ride 408, actually. Okay, think about that. So a kilometer, roughly in a minute. That's crazy. All right, wow, I love this. Okay, and we're probably going to need to get a clip of you doing this so people get it. But it's obviously a speed sport. I didn't realize there weren't breaks to this. That's what I understand now when we go back and we talk about you and ski cross and alpine and how that is like speed demon stuff. So you're going to train in Hawaii. This will be the Olympics for you. It's the one race you do with your teammates. And you were attracted to this, obviously, because of speed. But I think there was something else in the healing process. What made you jump on the bike? Because you were still skiing. Maybe we should go back a little further so I don't get confused or confuse anyone. Where did it all start for you? How did we get to the Olympics first off in alpine skiing? I think it all started because, um, yeah, from a family of of four children, a very athletic family. Uh, My parents put me into ski racing at at a young age. I absolutely loved it. Um, I I thrived on the mountain. I had such a fun time with my teammates. And um, I think skiing is a very social sport, as we know, and um, a very family, family friendly sport, too. So um, I stuck with ski racing as as a child and I worked my way up to the national team uh, and represented Canada in the 2010 Vancouver Olympics. I was a youngster. I was 21 years old, and that's pretty young for alpine skiing. Uh, Definitely a little... uh, um, yeah, you know, head, head was in the, my yeah little deer in the headlights. I was a bit, bit, um, overwhelmed, but an unbelievable experience, of course, um, just to compete in your home Olympics is, is something that many athletes never, ever get to get to experience. Um, and, uh, a year after I saw, uh, this other crazy sport, um, ski cross, it was kind of, uh, coming up, coming up the ranks and, and, um, becoming a bit more popular and, Um, I just thought, I think that sport has, has my name all over it. 
So for uh, listeners, and I think most people are used to seeing it now in the Olympics, it's a type of freestyle skiing, really, and it's a combination. And I've had the uh, privilege of watching Georgia ski in person. It is crazy ass. I think we can say that here. It is. You go down like you're an alpine skier, but you are going, you're maneuvering over hills and you're also going around turns and you've got jumps, right? Yeah, we're going around lots of jumps, we're going around gates. Um, like you, you have to go around each gate that is placed on the course um, and you're competing. You're doing all that with three other skiers. So as we know, girls can get a bit crazy. So when there's four poles, four skis, four boots flying in the air, um, it uh, it's, a, it's a pretty gnarly sport for sure. But um, I think that the thing that drew me to ski cross was every day was different. Um, there was a different course set up. There was a different training environment. Um, I think it there, there's just so much adaptability that needs to come into the sport that was so that really drew me to it. And um, yeah, I fell in love with it. It is crazy to watch. It's scary, actually. It's scary being at the bottom of the hill. I'm holding my breath, watching as the teams come down, hoping that people aren't falling. Um, but yeah, you're you're so good at it. Um, tell me some of the the highs with that, um, you know, in the sport because you know, to your point, you were 2010 in Vancouver, and then 2014, you were also off to the Olympics again, correct? Yes, I made the Olympic team uh, for the 2014 Winter Games in Sochi, Russia, as a ski cross athlete. I was fairly new to the team, so I was a bit, um, yeah, in over my head a little bit, but um, again, an, an amazing experience, and one I would never take back, of course. And um, yeah, I, I took a I took a small tumble in the quarterfinals, if I remember correctly. Um, so ended my ended my uh, Olympics there in the quarterfinals. Uh, not something that I was hoping to do, but um, you know, you pick pick get get the dust, brush the dust off, and move on and, and carry on. Really, and every day is a day that anyone can win right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, that, and that's, what's so exciting about ski cross is, is really someone can have a good day. Someone can have a bad day. Someone, you know, someone can just, just take your pole out by accident and you're done. Like just, you know, and it, and your day's done in a matter of a second. So you go from Alpine to ski cross, you've got some bumps along the way in going back and looking at your history. There aren't very many people that have a Wikipedia page, but you do. I did check it out and I'm just reading and we're going to list it on our Sipping on Stories website for people to see, but it's phenomenal. The number of world championships you participated in, the coming Olympics, I want to jump to that. So you go from 2014, I think you had a couple of tumbles and for some reason you discovered a bike and you're like, okay, what was that? Was that just recovery training and you never expected to get into cycling as early as 2014 or 15? Um, I, I was actually, it, it did start uh, kind of manifested from an injury that I had. Uh, I was sitting on my couch, um, probably taking, uh, taking a few Vicodin to, to, to null, uh, null the pain of, um, or numb the pain rather of, of a broken back and a broken neck, actually. So a pretty serious injury. Um, but I, I thought to myself, um, you know, this has been done before. Uh, winter athletes, summer athletes, they have switched um, to, to summer or winter games. Um, and why can't I do it? So I thought to myself, why not give it a go? Uh, I, I trained so hard in the summer as a, as a winter athlete. Um, why not give it a go as a, as a summer athlete as well? And I mean, it kind of just transpired from there. I worked my way. Um, I trained on my own. I mean, we're kind of cutting 
cutting corners a little bit, but I think that kind of what I took out of that story is that if you believe in something, you can make it happen. And a lot of people told me no. And a lot of people told me I, I wouldn't actually achieve what I wanted to achieve merely based off the facts. Um, and I, I just, I just committed to this path and I, I said, thank you, but no, thank you. Um, I had the support of my family. I found support locally, you know, just from, from bike shops to a local coach to, um, um, young, younger athletes that know far more, knew far more at the time, um, than me in the, in the sport of cycling, just, just to help me out. Um, and it transpired, it escalated very quickly to, having a call with a national team coach and, and telling him, I really would like to make your team. And I mean, I'll never forget the story. And he's like, sorry, I've heard of, I've heard of who you are, but it's not going to happen. Like we're ranked second in the world and the Olympics are in a year and a half away. And that's just not, not, not reality. <laughs> I actually remember tears were coming down my eyes and I was like, just keep talking, keep talking. And um, he said, you know what? I like your attitude. If you ride an individual pursuit in three minutes and 44 seconds, call me back. And I said, okay. Um, you know, I think ignorance is bliss to, to most of us at a, a certain point in our life. And I think to take it, take advantage of that almost, um, I didn't know the time that he was really talking about was for a beginner, fairly challenging. Um, Six weeks later, I called him and I said, hi, Craig, I, I got the time. He said, what? <laughs> Unbelievable. So what I love about this is you didn't give up and you just kept talking and you're talking yourself through your tears, but also you've got a broken neck and a broken back. Anybody in the human race, almost anyone, I'd say 99.99 to the power of whatever, would be like, I feel lousy. I'm just going to heal and we'll see what happens. And that's the difference. And that's really what overcoming challenges in life is all about, isn't it? That attitude. I, I mean, I totally agree. And I think it uh, it relates um, very strongly to the year that we've just had as, uh, as, as a nation, as individual, as, as communities, as individuals. Um, you know, I, I really believe where there's a will, there's a way. And that, and that is very cliche, but um, and, and furthermore, I think we can surround ourselves with the right people. We can surround ourselves with the right community. But at the end of the day, you're the one that needs to believe. Um, and and I truly, you know, in that moment and in those months, I, I just believed that I could heal from the injury that I had. I believed that I could, um, you know, get on the bike and 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 get out there and um, achieve this crazy goal at the time. Um, and and I, I I have taken the obstacles and the, and the downfalls that I have had as an athlete. And I think I've really, um, somehow cultivated positivity and, and motivation in these dark times to come out of those challenging times in, in a better place, mentally and physically. I can't even add to that. There's nothing I can say better, but you know, it does come down to us as individuals. You're spot on, but you went out and you looked for the community. You built it, you made it happen, and you you identified existing people that were out there. And I think that's really a testament to who we are as human beings, that we will help each other. There are good people out there. <laughs> there really are. Yeah. And you've really shown that. If we look back at your skiing memories. What's the best memory? I know that's a, like you've got years of this, Georgia, but is there anything that stands out as being like, this was just the ultimate for me when I skied, whether alpine or ski cross? 
I think crossing the finish line of the 2010 Vancouver Olympics, um, you know, I came in 27th, but having, uh, I mean, just all of Canada cheer for me and seeing my family and friends and my grandfather who's passed and my, my, my uncles and my aunts and my parents and my brothers, um, you know, having three older tough brothers, they, uh, they give you tough love and, and just seeing their faces. I think moments like that, I will, I'll cherish forever. Amazing. Amazing. And I don't know, dare I do the nightmare one, because I feel like you've turned every nightmare into a success story. You really have, but you know, was the low, I'm going to guess the low is Pian Chang. Um, that was a definite low. Um, I think kind of more on a global, uh, and, and broader scope. Um, I, I've had a lot of uh, athletes that have become mentors of mine, older athletes, and and had a lot of um, deep conversations with them. And and I think one of my kind of greatest fears, um, which I, I strongly hope won't happen in the next six months, but is is to leave on not on your terms, um, whether that's from an injury or um, you know being cut from a team. Um, I've just heard uh, I've 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 had de- dear friends kind of end their careers, not on a high or, or not necessarily on a high, but not on their own terms. And, and that to me would not just not have, not, not be the way that I would want to want to go out. Well, and honestly, there are, we've all learned that there are things in the world that happen that we can't control and it doesn't matter what we do. My fingers are so crossed that we're going to have the 2020 Tokyo in 2021 this July, and we'll be glued to the TV and watching you and cheering for you. Honestly, this whole spirit, I think, speaks to the sportsmanship that you bring as an athlete, but as a human being. That's what's impressed me most, Georgia, about you. I, ha- I have to say that you never surrender, but when things have not gone the way that you wanted, because honestly, I expected to cheer for you at, in Pyeongchang, I watched you so gracefully walk through a crowd of your fellow competitors in Canada with such support and love for them, that that's the Olympic spirit. And maybe that's what we need in the world in a massive way, just what you showed. So I just want to say that I know this is a little monologue here, but I want to say that you're larger than life that way. What's going to happen from here on in? Do you think, I I know you're talking about this as being, hopefully you're going to get this swan song in here and you're going to rock that podium. What happens next? Do you have any ideas or goals or anything you can share with, with our listeners? I do. I mean, I, I hope obviously to train as, have the opportunity to train as hard as I can and and be with my team and, and hopefully represent Canada in the 2021 games in Tokyo. Um, whether that's, uh, a different form of, of what we know as the Olympics, um, or, or, or not. Um, we, we hope to be there, of course, representing that Canadian flag, um, more than ever. Um, and after, yeah, I, I, um, I will most likely be ending my athletic career, um, after many, a few decades. Um, but I, I'd like to stay in the world of sport for sure. Um, I think I want to kind of transition over towards the more of the business side of sports. So kind of on the on the on the other end, um, in in a different lens there. Um, but still be connected with athletes, be connected with businesses. Um, I think that would I think that would kind of fit for me and my personality and um, the relationships I've cultivated over the last many many years. And I mean, we'll see what comes out of it. 
Yeah, no, certainly motivational speaker is all over you. I can see a book, I can see tours, I can see you talking with other groups of women and men and women in businesses, you know, and all over. You've got so much to share. What do you hope to be remembered for? Um, I think I would like to be remembered for my passion, um, my my drive, um, my my will uh, to succeed and overcome uh, challenging times, and and hopefully, um, you know, I've I've given back to the next generation of athletes, to the community, um, and yeah, just I think just be remembered for having a positive impact on the world of sport. Yeah, well, I think there's no doubt of that. We're going to sign off. I know we're on a bit of a time limit here with you. Just on behalf of everyone at Sipping on Stories and, of course, our sister company, Womanscape.com, and my own personal family. I know you know my husband well, and we've got lots of connections there. I want to wish you the extreme best, Georgia, in all the training. Thank you for coming on and sharing everything and being so open and honest about it all. Thank you so much, Rose. It's a pleasure to be here and um, tell Barry I say hi. (laughs) (laughs) Will do. Okay. All the best. Take care, Georgia. Thanks so much for chatting. Thank you, Rose. All right. Have a good one. Good luck. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sipping on stories.